You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. The climate crisis will continue to drive intergenerational inequity, meaning younger people, particularly in less developed countries in the global south, will bear the social, environmental and economic consequences of a more unstable climate. In collaboration with the Youth Loss and Damage Coalition, Earth Matters will be speaking with young climate activists from across the world about their experiences with the climate crisis. Today, we'll be speaking with two climate activists from sub-Saharan Africa, one of the most climate-vulnerable regions in the world. I'm Jacob Gamble, broadcasting from Wurundjeri land in the studios of 3CR in Nar, Melbourne. Today on Earth Matters, loss, damage and repair in sub-Saharan Africa. Cyclone Freddy has attracted the global attention, I think because that he, it has hit us in a, in a more severe way. But you would uh, want to also know that we get hit by cyclones on almost on a year basis. Kondwani Stefano Mobisa is a programs manager at Conserve with Benefit and a young climate activist from Malawi. In 2020, Malawi's emissions represented just 0.04% of global emissions, but it remains one of the most climate-vulnerable countries in the world. In your communities in particular, um, and in your countries, what climate loss and damages have you been experiencing? That is a, a, a timely kind of a question for me, and it's also a, a good time that we're we're discussing this issue. Uh, you might have heard just recently my country got hit by a tropical cyclone Freddy. So yeah, um, I can immediately uh, refer to the losses and damages that are now on the ground, like the, the country is grappling with those right now, they are very fresh. So yeah, as, as you might uh, know, the cyclone, I think, made the landfall in Malawi on the 11th March and uh, kept hitting us for about three days and uh, I think died off on 13th of March. But it was so strong, it came with... Uh, strong winds came with uh, continuous heavy lens which caused uh, flooding and uh, a lot of devastation so there are so many losses and damages as i speak uh, we have lost uh, about 670 over 670 people uh, have been uh, confirmed dead due to the due to the second uh, but also i want to mention to you that Apart from that, we have over 500, uh, I think 533 people are still missing. So this is uh, week number three, if not number four. Uh, you would also be uh, speculating that maybe those are some people that we have lost. So we're talking about a thousand people or so. And uh, right now uh, we have over half a million of people who are displaced in camps requiring humanitarian aid. So these people have also lost their homes. And uh, just to mention that uh, 
the impact was not just from the the flood perspectives and the the heavy winds which were blowing off the houses and infrastructure, but there are also cases of mudslide that almost wiped villages uh, in real time. So, yeah, those are kind of the losses and damages that uh, we're talking about: uh, damage to infrastructure, losses of life, uh, losses of livelihood, people losing so many hectares of of, of their crops. You know, here it's uh, it's rainy season, so people are uh, expecting something like in terms of agriculture, and agriculture is the main the mainstay of our economy here. It's one of the most powerful storms to ever hit the southern hemisphere. Nearly fifty nine thousand people have been affected, and more than nineteen thousand displaced within the country. The death toll is rising, and local residents are doing their best to help those in need. Cyclone Freddy has attracted the global attention i think because that he it has hit us in a in a more severe way but you would uh, want to also know that we get hit by cyclones on almost on a year basis so uh, i can i can mention some of the cyclones that have hit the country since uh since 2019 so we have had cyclones die if you heard about it it also caused a lot of of, of uh, havoc in the country we had Cyclone Anna, also uh, left us with so many uh, losses and damages. Cyclone, uh, Cyclone Kenneth, Cyclone Chalani, we have Cyclone Grombe. So all these happened like in a space of uh, like five years. And usually in a year we have two. So before recovering to the previous one, we are incurring losses and damage in, a, in a, uh, another another cyclone in the, in the following year. So the recovery process has been not that, you know, uh, effective because once we, we do one step and then the next year we, we're going back. So the impact has been so severe. And um, yeah, uh, so much that needs to be done, but progress is still elusive looking at the, the frequency at which these things are happening. Malawi is in a state of disaster. What Cyclone Freddy has done is to pull us back even when we were trying to rebuild because of past tragedies. And I appeal to the international community to please look at us with such favor because we need help. What are some of the challenges you see um, in trying to advocate for solutions here in, in your uh, environments? I think the biggest issue is uh, when we talk about the climate change um, problem, uh, as of now, most of, most, of the, most of the people, especially our colleagues maybe from the developing world, de uh, developed world, think that uh, it's just... Uh, an, an issue that is just advanced by science uh, and uh, the, the understanding that this is a really big issue and it's a crisis right now is not driven home yet and uh, people feel so relaxed uh, somehow we have commitments uh, as, as, as a global community a number of commitments have been made under the UNFCCC uh, we have the party agreement uh, that is taking off right, just right now. A uh, number of resolutions have been made through the COPs, but you find that uh, we're still doing things business as usual. Uh, if you allow me, 
or just cite maybe an example. Uh, the global community was excited when when the US uh, opted for to 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 come back and become the the party and. Under the UF Triple C, uh, the party agreement, making commitments, climate commitments, and and they have their climate policy right now in place. But you look at what is happening. Just listen. I think two weeks ago, the president signs the Wiro project, which is contrary to the climate policy. So I'm just citing example. And I know these things become become quite controversial in a way. But this is this is the thing that are happening, and you have to talk about it. So we we sit in the conferences, we make resolutions. We feel like we understand the problem that we are uh, faced with, and, and and we feel nudged to take action. But somehow everything ends to be rhetorical. But in the meantime, people are dying. The ecosystem is suffering. Things are changing. The world is becoming hotter. The seas are rising. So. A number of problems I just shared about your experience here in Malawi. These are the things that some some of uh, 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 of the people, some of the countries don't really understand because maybe it has not happened to them. But understand it is happening, but I don't know whether it's climate there. So this is a, a problem for people like us who are advocating for, for climate change to get uh, to those other people that are kind of climate deniers. To understand that this is an urgent thing and we, we really need to come together and act now before it's too late because it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late, science is telling us. Um, but yeah, action is lacking that is perspective. So it's quite a concern. When I narrow down to continental, uh, also to national levels, similar kind of, of things, you find that you don't have climate change as a priority issues, maybe in our, we have it maybe on paper, like in terms of policies, but if you look at the things that are happening, there is no commitment, there is no political will. Uh, so it, it becomes quite difficult to push for climate action when people don't really understand. Cyclone Freddy demonstrated the devastating human rights impacts of climate disasters in health, education, housing and gender equity. In a country with 71% of the population living below the international poverty line, Kondwani says working towards sustainable development is the key to resolving these overlapping crises. Climate change also presents us an opportunity whereby, as young people, we can innovate. There are a number of things that have to be attended to in as far as uh, delivering uh, solutions for climate change are concerned. Uh, broadly, we are looking at uh, two umbrellas. We are looking at the uh, adaptation uh, side, but we are also looking at the mitigation side. So, yeah, uh, from an adaptation point of view, we need to uh, look at things like uh, reforestation, which is my organization, which is what my organization actually doing. We are engaging our youth in reforestation and uh, natural regeneration. Uh, programs where we are engaging these young people to actually um, take lead in, in, in conserving and protecting their, their forest environments and their forest resources, but also uh, be able to take care of the already existing natural forests to, 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 to ensure that we have uh, a uh, uh, we have the vegetative cover and also increase the, the carbon sinks. 
uh, uh, to, to be able to sequesterate more, contributing the sequestration of, of the carbon dioxide that we have. But we are also looking at uh, youth engagement in issues to do with waste management. You understand that uh, a good proportion of the greenhouse gases uh, that go into the atmosphere also comes from, from the, the waste that we generate, especially the plastics. So we are working with the young people to make sure that they they are engaged in the, the waste management uh, value chain. Try to make sure that uh, we recycle what we have, reuse, and um, and all that. I think that way we we'll also be able to uh, to contribute to delivering climate solutions uh, that we really really need uh, right now. Uh, on the adaptation end, we are actually right now training our young people. So our focus is uh, more on uh, youth in the rural rural setting, because for Malawi, I don't know for other countries, but for Malawi, uh, most of young people are moving from the rural areas to the urban. Uh, they start urban migration in search of jobs, many jobs and stuff. So we want to to use this uh, status quo to kind of change this uh, status quo, making sure that the young people still stay in their rural communities, but uh, are engaged within the green economy, uh, doing different kind of uh, small, small enterprises that uh, encourage adaptation or building resilient communities through, for example, sustainable agriculture practices. Um, and also other interventions or programs that advance the mitigation dimension of things and trying to reduce the, the emissions uh, and all that. Uh, we are also promoting programs to do with uh, sustainable energy. So we, we agree here that energy has, is the, the energy sector is the major couplet, I think, in terms of as far as, uh, as climate change is concerned. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. We're hearing voices from sub-Saharan Africa on resolving the climate crisis. Used to meet, you know, people, uh, mostly indigenous people, who are on the way of the causes of climate change. And uh, many think that... uh, it is the will of God and that nothing can change it. Kai Gama Ismail is the founder of non-government organisation Youth United for a Brighter Future and has been empowering young people and Indigenous people in Cameroon to take action on climate change. My community, first of all, is located in the far north region of the Republic of Cameroon. And uh, it's... Uh, an area that is being hit by insecurity due to terrorist attacks, uh, the COVID-19 crisis, and most importantly, climate crisis. Um, the rain uh, uh, in that region is uh, scarcer, and uh, the soil is becoming more uh, arid and unproductive. The desertification and poverty are extreme. And uh, these factors have consequences, uh, not only 
for the environment, but also for the development of the community. And uh, well, climate change impacts on agriculture, livestock, schooling, young people, well-being, and indigenous uh, life lifestyle. I can say so. And uh, the last ten years, you know, have been marked by a progressive decline in agro-pastoral production due to a rich soil and lack of grazing. So breeders have to travel very long distances uh, in search of uh, pasture. And this is not always without consequences. And uh, in the absence of perch grass, for instance, the animals encroach on the farms leading to uh, conflicts between you know, herders and farmers. And further, indigenous farmers depend on the income you know, from the sale of crops to enroll their children in school and provide them with uh, uh, school supplies. And uh, without crops, they have no means and cannot send their children to school. So many children are just abandoned at home and exposed to several dangers. And uh, girls uh, are those who pay you know, a heavy uh, price as they are sent into early and usually forced marriage. And uh, this uh, type of uh, marriage has consequences for both uh, their physical and mental health. So uh, we'll also say that the rains, although rare <laughs> in our region, when they do fall, cause enormous losses and damage. And uh, flooding to the point of the, to the point of uh, you know destroying homes, farms, and public infrastructure. Uh, and, and for me, you know, if nothing is done urgently, uh, future years could be difficult to live in that region. Cameroon is geographically diverse and experiences all the major climates of the continent. More than 70% of the population relies on agriculture for their primary source of income and are directly impacted by climate change. Drought-affected areas are home to around 2 million people under present climate conditions, where food security, land degradation and droughts are aggravating conflicts over natural resources, particularly in the far north region. In my advocacy, <laughs> I used to meet, you know, people, uh, mostly indigenous people who are on the way of the causes of climate change. And uh, many think that uh, it is the will of God and that nothing can change it. And that we are, you know, going against God's will. <laughs> and uh, it makes it hard, you know, uh, to achieve um, a mission. And, and uh, yeah, that that is to say, you know, we need to raise awareness uh, in those communities, especially, you know, uh, within indigenous people. And uh, politically, I would say that the central government here in Cameroon seems to be uh, neglecting, neglecting, you know, the phenomenon. Uh, they don't care about it uh, enough. And, uh, they are characterized by corruption and misappropriation of climate change funds. And that makes uh, things very complicated, you know. And uh, besides, local governments, uh, you know, 
the do showcase willingness you know to tackle the problem but you know how needs to be strengthened they 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 also you know they are also limited financially so uh they need to be accompanied and uh yeah maybe to be trained uh as far as uh, associations such as uh uh unibf that i co-founded uh despite our you know commitment and exceptional know-how uh we lack uh the necessary means and <laughs> despite you know despite the numerous times we have applied for funding uh, so far only global youth organization was able you know to trust us by financing financing i mean our project which allows me to tell you our story today so i think we need more funding and i'm confident that we can do a lot you know in preventing climate change if uh, uh we uh if we 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 have you know if if you are supported yeah so i'm saying this because uh we have a, a, an innovative you know inclusive and participatory approach that we have tested uh, and uh, it it worked it worked and it need to be um uh, sustained yeah so yeah these are the challenges that we uh we made uh when promoting you know climate action Cameroon has made strides in creating climate policy, reducing its CO2 emissions through reforestation and changing its energy mix to renewable sources. It can turn this climate crisis into an opportunity. Yeah, the most important one is that uh, is the work that we have uh, recently conducted, uh, empowering children, youth and indigenous people to sustainably tackle climate change through awareness campaigns and training and practice. And uh, yeah, I wonder if you don't mind that I share what we have done, you know, yeah. So uh, we have organized training workshops, uh, visual screenings and dialogues with indigenous people uh, on the practice of uh, smart agriculture. You know, it's uh, uh, an area where uh, uh, rains, you know, uh, uh, scarcer, so they need to find, you know, alternative solution. And uh, we also organize inter-community dialogue, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, climate change uh, causes uh, inter-community conflict. So we need uh, to prevent conflicts because we can't do anything, you know, without peace. Uh, we planted uh, trees and seeds specific to the climate of the region. We have also used locals to their officials and train them on how they can work together uh, to, to, to tackle climate change. And uh, we also donated seeds for a second time, you know, planting because uh, the first time uh, the first seed, I mean, had been completely destroyed due to the lack of rains. So we have also carried out awareness campaigns in the local schools. Uh, we have exchanged uh, with our children and young people, talked to them about loss and damage from climate change, 
uh, the methods of uh, adaptation and mitigation, and above all, the importance of the commitment thereof. It's important that they commit, you know, they engage, you know, uh, in fighting climate change. And together uh, with children, we have worked for two weeks. We have organized competitions to select future climate activists and planted about 500 plants. Uh, we've, we've worked together, yeah. So the aim of our action was to empower local people to deal with uh, uh, the issues, you know, the face we opted for a sustainable solution, uh, a solution to a local problem by the locals themselves. So this is what we've been doing. We are still looking forward, you know, to continuing, you know, our, our project. Yeah, the thing is that we don't have means for that, but we hopefully, <laughs> you know, uh, we maybe could get funds from, from somewhere and, uh, uh, continue the project. So, yeah, this is uh, the solution that we've been working on. Young climate activists are driving solutions in their communities, but more funding is needed. There have been growing calls on richer countries in the global north for climate finance, something that was guaranteed at COP27 last year. But whether countries will honour their commitments remains to be seen. We don't believe that banks will suddenly put trillions of dollars on the table for climate action when rich countries have struggled since 2009 to raise $100 billion for the world's most vulnerable countries. We finished our conversation by talking about what they saw as a positive climate future the achievement of the sustainable development goals. So that uh, is a very, very, very big uh, vision, global vision. And if we are able to actually do something and in that direction, I think that will be uh, quite good. You know, climate change is not an, uh, it's, it's a cross-cutting issue. So it will affect all these other sectors that uh, uh, are core, or pillars within the sustainable development cause. So if you are going to end hunger, we need to address the climate crisis first. If we are going to address poverty, the climate crisis has to be uh, given uh, attention. If we are going to have good health uh, as a people, because climate change is also bringing so many different diseases that we are suffering. So addressing climate, uh, the climate puzzle or the climate uh, problem that we are uh, grappling with, will uh, give us or will deliver a world that we envision within the sustainable development goals. If uh, the climate movement succeeds, I can only see a brighter future, a future of peace, security, prosperity, and justice. Thank you to Kaigama, Ismail, Kondwani, Mobisa, and the Youth Loss and Damage Coalition for their contribution to the program. Earth Matters would also like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. I'm Jacob Gamble. We'll be back at the same time next week.